Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want you to turn to 1 Peter 5, 7. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. I, I kept having this in my heart really for the last several weeks, and I meditate on these type of things all the time. And uh, about just being free from worry, not yielding to anxiety. And I just kept getting the word anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. And uh, I'm not going to be telling you how to, uh, to increase anxiety. I'm going to be telling you how to deal with anxiety. <laughs> Amen. So 1 Peter 5, 7, in the Amplified. And really, I went to my chapter 10 in the Faith on Trial book, and it says, Faith, Casting Cares and Changing Mindsets. So if you have that book, you know, dust it off. And uh, Faith, Casting Cares, Changing Mindsets. And just read that chapter because uh, it'll bless you. It'll bless you. And then Pastor Jay's book along uh, Free from Worry. Yes. You know, I, I read that quite a bit of the time. Um, Dad Hagen's Casting your cares on the Lord. I actually was meditating on that today. Uh, Pastor Nancy's uh, book on peace, uh, a worry-free life. Yes. yes. And uh, we have that, right, Michelle? Yeah. So anyway, these are books that you can just meditate on constantly and just get it in your spirit because peace and joy are the indicators uh, that we're in faith. So when I'm looking, you know, out the out the crowd, and, and uh, some of you look like you've been sucking on sour pickles, <laughs> or you've been chewing on a lemon. <laughs> now, I hope they don't put that on Facebook, right? Okay. <laughs> I know Vanessa tries to get good pictures. So. Uh, but this is, the scripture says, casting the whole of your care all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. Now, notice it says once and for all. Now, we're just going to be sharing from our heart. Really, I'm going to take this along the line of just really what comes to me. I'm going to share with you. I've been meditating, and, and I, I could have written out notes, but I just kept having it in my heart. We'll, we'll see where we go with this. Uh, but it says once and for all. In other words, we don't have to lay our cares down every day. The only reason that we often do two, three, four, or five times a day is because we normally pick them back up. Yeah. And when you pick them back up, because you're supposed to lay them down the altar, so to speak, uh, uh, when you go to the throne of grace, like Pastor has been uh, so eloquently talking about, when you go to the throne of grace, you lay down your cares. You lay down anxieties. And really, uh, casting all your care, that word care means soliciting things. So things that solicit your attention, get your attention off of God's word and off of the witness of the spirit or what the Holy Ghost is saying inside of you. So uh, the enemy will come to solicit, pull you away. And uh, first of all, let's just give, uh, get a definition. I know I have it in here of anxiety. And I looked up in the Merriam-Webster and it says a painful or apprehensive uneasiness of mind you see, these things happen as a result of what we think on. They're triggered by what we think on. And what we think on, if we start thinking on it uh, continually and then we start talking about it, it gets down into our heart. Remember Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And that word thinks means to calculate, means to estimate, it means to open up. So we're opening up not only our mind, but it goes through the mind gate and then it goes through the heart gate. You could say the same gatekeeper that's at your mind becomes, becomes the gatekeeper that's at your heart. That's how Pastor Jay puts it. Why? Because you're meditating on things. Uh, really, what you meditate on is eventually what you become, whether that's in the positive or whether that's in the negative. So it's a painful or apprehensive uneasiness of the mind, usually over an impending or anticipated ill fearful concern or interest. Now, you've heard us say, and you've heard others, you know, fear is a spirit. Well, it is. Very much so. In other words, a solicitation, a voice that comes in your ear that that starts saying things, and really that's a spirit of fear to get you into fear. But did you know that fear can get down into your heart, not the spirit of fear? (laughs) You're a Christian. You know, uh, wrong spirits can't get down into your spirit. But 
You can't be possessed by the devil. You can be oppressed in your mind, though. In other words, oppressed in your mind is just thinking, 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 thinking on, on thoughts that gender fear. So that spirit of fear, uh, i.e. the devil, comes and he says things that gender fear to you. And the more you think about it, the more you mull over it, the more you talk about it, it will get down into your heart. And then actually you've got fear inside of you. Jesus said, don't have a troubled heart. Don't be agitated. Don't be disturbed. All right. So a fearful concern or interest that can oppress you and and eventually get inside of you. Uh, Understand that when things get inside of us that are opposite of the fruit of the spirit, then we got to push them out. How do you do that? You push them out with the fruit. What do you mean, Pastor Debbie? Well, in Galatians 5, what does it talk about there? The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, gentleness, peace, joy, faithfulness, which is faith, self-control. What are some others? Kindness. Kindness. Yeah, temperance is self-control. Did I miss something there? Long-suffering, yeah. So these things, the opposite of these, are going to eat your lunch, so to speak. And you've got to develop your spirit. In other words, when we say you've got to develop your spirit, you've got to develop those fruit. Now, we know faith works by love. So really, all those fruit, if you want to be a person of joy, you need to be walking in love. If you want to be a person of peace, you need to be walking in peace. If you you want to be a person that long-suffering, or that is endurance, standing through the trials you're actually in faith you've taken a step of faith but you're enduring in the midst of what the enemy brings against you and you're saying i'm going to the other side just like jesus told his disciples we're going to the other side all right so that's long suffering or endurance temperance is just saying no to the second third fourth piece of pie well we'll 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 move on from there Uh, So anyway, but these things can get inside of you, and the only way to push them out is to develop the fruit of the Spirit. And you've got to do that by faith. Faith works by love. But our faith is really uh, works all of the fruit. So you've got to be a person of love, but you've got to be a person of faith. We say that love is really the will that turns our faith, but faith is uh, further moves all the fruit. Okay, so if you don't have love, you're not going to be able to walk in faith. And if you don't have faith, you're not you're not going to be able to walk in any of the fruit of the spirit. So anyway, let's let's go on. So we said we ended there with a fearful concern or interest, a cause of anxiety, an abnormal and overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear, often marked by psychological signs of sweating, tension and increased pulse, uh, you know, tell your, tell your neighbor, put your arm out and see what their pulse is. Are you anxious? Just kidding. All right. By doubt concerning the reality and nature of the threat and by self-doubt about one's capacity to cope with it. So in other words, uh, it, it's all based in fear of failure. And fear is the opposite of what? Faith. Faith. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anxiety is based in the fear of failure. Now, let's look at it this way. Back when somebody was a child and uh, maybe mom gave them a bunny. And they love bunnies, right? But uncle so-and-so, you know, and mom left the room and they, had, they were playing with the bunny. But uncle so-and-so came in and took advantage of that child. So for years to come... Every time they see a bunny, All right. they think about Uncle So and So. Come on. And does that bring it home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are things that will trigger us to think back to horrific events in our life. And then what happens is it's called your autonomic system. That 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 fear triggers those thoughts actually that breed fear. And you think and think this thing, and then you actually start having the feelings like you were actually there. Have you ever sat down to watch a movie? It could be just even a good movie, but it had a certain part in it, 
And for me, uh, this can take place sometimes when somebody's been abused, because as a child, I was abused. So now, I'm not afraid of that. I'm just saying it can trigger some things. It can trigger thoughts, and then you start kind of having feelings. And, and what you've got to do is just put your mind on the things of God. Amen. Many times you just need to turn it off, you know, because, oh, okay, well, I don't need to be reminded of that. Thank you. But I'm not afraid of that. Or if somebody talks to me about something they've been through, or if I would need to share my own testimony of some things I've been through, I'm not afraid to do that. Now, sometimes some feelings will come, but, you know, I'm so over that. Amen. Seriously. Amen. Seriously. Amen. But I tell you what, if, and I've done this before, had the t-shirt, threw it away, okay? I've done this before. If I sit there and think about it, yeah. I've actually had tears start coming yeah. up. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I've got to get a hold of myself. I've got to get a hold of myself. You see, I'm human just like you are. And I'm like, whoa. And sometimes it's just a compassion of God's like, you know, I should have never had to go through that. And others that would have to go through that, oh, my goodness. So in that respect, it's not necessarily a fear, but it's something. But you gotta, you got to end it somewhere. You know what I mean? You, you, you just got to get on positive things. But you shouldn't be afraid to, to share your testimony. You shouldn't be afraid to hear somebody else. But it will sometimes, it will trigger things. And anxiety comes up. And your autonomic system has, you know, actually triggered. And then your body will send hormones and you have this elated feeling. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, why does that happen? Because at the time that somebody goes through horrific events, they have, uh, God set up a system in our body to be able to handle it. Right. And hormones, actually your autonomic system, because fear generates and, and, and triggers things in your autonomic system and, and your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. These hormones yeah. right. to handle yes. the event. Have you ever... I, I was standing at the side of a road with a group of friends once. I think we were coming back from a youth event. This was years ago, but I still remember it, really. And a big truck came by, and I literally, the wind of it blew me toward the van. And my heart was pounding. I mean, my autonomic system triggered hormones and I was, woo! I mean, I felt like I was high as a kite for about 15 minutes. Have you ever done that when, when maybe somebody almost ran into you or he, Pastor Jay pulled out in front of somebody and they're coming right towards you and you're, hi. And uh, I'm like, would you watch? I said, they're coming toward me, not you, okay? But sometimes that triggers some things. Now, Get this, let's use this as an example. You've got a thermostat at home. Yeah. And the normal temperature of most homes would be anywhere from 70 to 73, whatever. Uh, some people like it cooler, some people like it hotter, but, you know, to each his own. And that's a normal temperature around our house, about 72, 73. Uh, anyway, so you've got a thermostat that if it gets colder than 72... Uh, you know, or actually your atmosphere will trigger, uh, it, it will feed that thermostat. And, and the thermostat actually will trigger, okay? And so either you need heat or you need cold, right? And if it's 74 in the house, uh, then it will trigger the air conditioner to come on. All right? If you want it to be uh, warmer, then you would turn the heat so on and so forth. Uh, but anyway, so if it gets down to like 71, so it, it's, it's cooler than what you really want, then you might want to turn the heat on and, and that thermostat will, will trigger that and the heat will come on. Well, it's the same thing with us. Fear can come to us and then uh, our autonomic system triggers and hormones are released in our body to handle the situation. Does that make sense? Yes. Not trying to get real natural with you here. But anyway, uh, so God gave us a body to handle fear. And the spirit of fear comes, and he will solicit our attention. Cast all your cares. What does that say again? Let's go back to 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. 
uh, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So what he's saying, how can you cast these things once and for all? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Let's go to Psalms 37.5. Psalm 37.5. Is this all right? Yes, ma'am. So in the Amplified, Psalm 37.5 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. So again, commit your way. In other words, you've got to lay it down in order uh, to pick up or replace it with God's word. In other words, so let's, let's go back to that spirit of fear. He comes and he says things to you. Yeah. And if we take the bait, yeah. you know, there was a uh, vice presidential debate last night and yeah. some mentioned how one didn't take the bait. Yeah. Compared to the other, whatever. Um, But I'm just saying, I'm using it as an illustration. In other words, somebody can be slinging mud or saying this and saying that. I understand they all kind of sling mud here and there. But anyway, that's why we need to pray for them. They're they're human, but we pray for uh, the one that's best for us, for our United States of America. But anyway, uh, the enemy can say things and he'll, he'll sling mud and he'll say things and he will trigger, he will even show you past events. If you start thinking about it, the scene of that past event will come. Yeah. If it, the more you think about it, mull it over, turn it over in your mind. Yeah. Uh, the feelings will start to be triggered by the autonomic system. Yeah. Yeah. Hormones will be released and thus anxiety. And you're feeling like you want to crawl out of your skin. Yeah. You're yeah. feeling like, what's wrong with me? What have uh-huh. I done? And really you're associating it all with that time. Yeah. See, and that's why they call him the great deceiver. Right. Talking about the devil. Because it wasn't that time of abuse. You know, remember the child with the bunny? And then the uncle took advantage or whoever. I'm not yeah. saying that uncles are bad. You understand? <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Family, friend, whatever. Um, and the enemy is the great deceiver because he comes in and he, he brings these thoughts. And then if we take the bait... And then it takes us back. We actually don't even think about the middleman anymore. We don't think about the enemy bringing this to us. We think that we've got a problem. And we think that that thing is dogging us. And we start looking at ourselves as a victim. And we feel like a victim because we feel the feelings that back, what we felt back then. And, and hormones are being released into our system to help us yeah. deal with it. Come on. But the problem is the more you think about it and the more those hormones are released and, and, and you get, your system gets flooded with that, your body was not made to have long periods of time. In other words, that time that that truck came by and blew me toward the van, I'm not supposed to have those elated feelings for days on end. It will break down my system. And that's what happens. Cares can break down people's system, spiritually speaking. It's getting into your heart. It's pushing out faith. It's, you know, this fear getting down. It's pushing out faith. And and it's hindering our development of the fruit of the Spirit. Because when we're not yielding to joy... We allow sadness in. When we're not yielding to peace, what do we allow in? Fear, depression, things like that. You understand? Now, I have a heart for people because been there, done that. And I have a heart that if people have been through these things, but we've just got to start uh, labeling what it is. Now, sometimes it's just how somebody was born and because, and, and, and they have similarities in their DNA that their parents had, and sometimes they don't have the chemicals that they need to handle these things, and sometimes uh, they need to take medications in order to make up for not having certain serotonin yeah. in their bodies or what have you. Yeah. And really, man, man-made serotonin wasn't God's best either. Right. 
Now, I'm not saying that's wrong because it's helped a lot of people, but in that respect, they have uh, studies on both sides. Am I trying to be a doctor tonight? No, I'm just, I'm just trying to say that we're going to have to find a better answer. Well, I believe that we have. We're not condemning anybody for taking medication to help their serotonin levels or, uh, for instance, somebody dealing with bipolar. And, you know, I've had family members that dealt with that and uh, they didn't take their medications. Then they were kind of pill to live with. Hello? Excuse me? But, you know, now I love them. I care about them. It's like, take your medicine, okay? You know? But we don't make fun of people that are dealing with mental sickness. And many times these are things that either they were born with or... Again, it happened because of horrific events in their life that triggered things. And because their system was so overloaded with this hormonal stuff for so many years, it broke down their body and thus it affected them in other areas, even mentally. So you've got one area that affects another and affects, you understand? And then, and then uh, people come into the church and they need some help. But don't we all? So we should have a heart. We should never make fun of people that are dealing with mental issues or people that have had uh, things in their past. And we should give way for help for people. Let them talk about what they've been through. Now, I'm not talking about year after year after year. I'm saying when somebody comes to my office... It's okay to tell me what you went through. It's okay to shed some tears. It's okay. I have a heart to hear you out. And and, uh, my questions will be, have you ever, you know, have you ever gotten help with that? You know, just what can I do if if it just helps me to listen to you? Well, good. Good. But I don't say, get over it. Right. That is not the right response. Now, some people have written books that way, and they're a blessing. I'm not saying that because to each thing, eventually you do have to get over it. So in that respect, you know, I have a good friend that wrote a book, Get Over It. (laughs) In that respect, eventually we are going to have to get over it. But we've got to learn the background of an individual and what have they been through, what brought them to this place, and understanding these things can help us better help them. Amen. All right. In that respect, uh, and what we do is we always let them know that regardless, now you can talk to me about this and I want to be there for you. And maybe you need to get some medication. Maybe you need to get set up with a counselor. We've actually had people get set up with counselor, that type of thing. But you will come to a place and I let them know this. You will come to a place where eventually you will cycle around the mountain just like the Israelites cycled around until they finally went into the land. Okay? It's okay to allow people to cycle around a little bit while they're learning, while they're gaining the knowledge of God's word, but they can't stay there or the giants are going to eat them up. You understand? So in that respect, while people are young in the Lord and they're going through tough situations, that's our place to carry one another's burdens. That's our place to pray for them. That's our place to pray that Christ would be formed in them. That's our place to help and and be a blessing. And and rather than say, you know, you just need to get over it. No, just say, hey, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And sometimes I find out that young people have been through things they never even told their parents about. And I, and I let the parent know, look, um, this is not the right thing. As a matter of fact, if you don't treat it right, it can cause deep problems. People that have been sexually abused, for instance, if, if we don't take it seriously, it can cause a lot of sexual issues. And so in that respect, parents, if you ever find out or by the Holy Ghost, he, he shows you, I'm not talking about looking under, you know, digging up under every rock and, you know, getting in somebody's face and say, have you been abused? You know, or, you know, come on, let's not be weird. Uh, but if you find out something like this or somebody shares with you and they haven't told anybody and they haven't been counseled about that thing, then take it seriously. Yes. Amen. And let's 
let's let, now you have to be careful. That's why I find good Christian counselors, but even Christian counselors, you know, frankly, a lot of them, uh, they'll have the person talking about it for the next five years. So in that respect, some don't, but what I tell the person is it's one thing to talk about it and deal with it, but eventually you're going to have to go through the steps of forgiveness of yourself, of that person, whatever, and you're going to have to lay it down. By faith, lay it down at the altar. Because if you don't, and and then you're going to have to learn that when the enemy comes, remember that spirit of fear? And when when the enemy comes as a spirit of fear, and he comes and he starts talking thoughts, and it's triggering. See, that's why we did all the background. And it's triggering uh, that autonomic system, and you're starting to get anxious. In other words, you're elated because fear triggers things that hormones are released in the body to handle it. But we don't need hormones released in the body every time a thought comes to us. Because eventually that's not what God made it for. And eventually we will be so flooded with that that it will mess up our hormonal system. And spiritually speaking, the devil will eat our lunch. Because day and night we're thinking about the problem. 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 And we're dealing with the fruit of thinking on that problem and letting it get inside of us. And letting it affect our physical bodies, our physiological bodies. Now... I have great respect for individuals that will do what they need to do. And whether that, you know, individuals with eating disorders, you know, over the years I've worked with different ones with eating disorders. Uh, I'm not trying to label anybody in here. Uh, I have great respect for anybody that has been through events in their life that when they come to a place where they just don't know what to do. And what has happened is their system has gotten so flooded and anxiety just comes at less than a split second that they read the word, but it just, it's just like it bounces off. So just getting them comfort by talking to somebody is the first thing that we do. And then we pray for them and we pray the Ephesians prayers. And so we just comfort them, but then we just tell them, keep getting back up, keep coming back, keep hearing the word, attend to my words, incline my, your ears to my saying, let them not depart from your eyes for their life to those who find them and their health to all their flesh. And that word health also means for the oppressed of mind. But spiritually speaking, the divine life of God will help develop us. What, What do I mean by that? We're developing the fruit of the spirit. We're developing our spirit. When we hear the word, we hear it. And then when we act on it, when we do it, when, when we hear the joy of the Lord is my strength and then we rise up, ha, 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 we're acting on that word and joy is being developed. Therefore, sadness is being pushed out. That's the process. That doesn't mean that you're not still feeling feelings of anxiety. And it's a process that sometimes can take some time to where you still got the feelings, but eventually... You'll come to the, uh, you know, you'll come to that light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. It will change. It will turn around. I'm not going to promise you that you're not going to feel anxious about things. But I'm telling you what, some of us have have uh, fostered and and chewed on and 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 allowed anxiety to be in our lives for years, and we didn't know how to deal with it, or if we did, maybe we didn't always do what we knew, you know. Uh, and therefore it's eaten our lunch and that spirit of fear comes back and, and therefore things are triggered and it just all starts over and over and over again. And sometimes when you're around, you know, the picnic, the church picnic, you're just, oh, well, I'm feeling peaceful. Or maybe you're watching your favorite movie. Well, I got some peace. But right afterwards, there's that spirit of fear. You understand? So you've got to learn 24-7 He's going to come, and we know in Luke 4 that he will come at a good opportunity. It's time. So, so uh, let's, let's just turn there real quick to Luke 4. Is this all right? 
I guess some of you could probably tell that I do have some background in, in uh, counseling, and I don't apologize for that. I actually learned a lot, but I take the counsel of God's word in that. Did I say Luke? Yes. Luke chapter 4. You see, if we don't understand these things, that's why many times we don't know how to help people. And really, the best way you can help somebody is just sit down, listen to them. If they get too heightened, just say, hey, hold your horses here. Hold your horses. Let's read some scriptures. Let's... And if somebody says to me, no, I just, scripture can't help me. I just have to remind them. I said, look, I can talk to you. I, you, I can be a friend to you, but eventually you're going to have to let the word in or you're just going to cycle back around this because I can't be your peace. You've got to learn to take hold of the peace of God inside. And the only way that you can do that is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, uh, the, the faith for that peace on the inside will come as you look at peace scriptures and read peace scriptures. Faith comes by hearing Faith rises by hearing because we all have a measure of faith, but that faith rises when we gain understanding of the word of God because your faith has eyes. Really, it says eyes of your heart, but it also says eyes of your understanding. So when you get understanding, in other words, your faith starts seeing the word of God along the line of peace, peace rises up, but then you've got to use it. And when you use it, then that peace will push out oppression. That's gotten inside. Yeah. It'll push out that fear. Yeah. It'll push out that doubt and that yeah. unbelief. Yeah. That joy. Yeah. You hear the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. Um, so, and we draw from the wells of salvation. And, and, and salvation has everything we need. So we draw from within, from those wells. You need healing, you draw from the well inside. The divine life that is in your human spirit, you draw from that. The only thing that's going to be able to combat uh, this oppression, so to speak, or this trouble that has gotten down inside is the divine life of God to be released into your body. And how do we release the divine life of God into our body? Through our mouth. But really, you've got to go clear back to your thought life. Because the enemy comes to solicit your attention. And if you take the bait and start thinking on it and mulling over it, you know, it's at that time. You know, it doesn't, just because feelings come doesn't mean you're in sin. Or it doesn't mean that you've taken it. It just means that uh, over the years you've, you, you, you've been a good steward of the anxiety. Been a good steward of thinking wrong thoughts. You've been a good steward of uh, doing everything except for what the word says to do in this situation. But now we're a steward of the word. Yes. So when you're a steward of the word, these, the enemy comes, with that spirit of fear comes, and these thoughts come, and you start thinking about that past event, and immediately you do what Jesus did in Luke 4. Well, what did he do? 4 verse 1. Luke 4, verse 1, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Notice he was filled with the Holy Ghost. So we don't just speak the word, but we speak it backed with oomph, the power of the Holy Ghost. And psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Thank you, Lord. I'm alive and well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm alive and well. Hallelujah. And then the enemy brings a thought. In Jesus' name. That's right. Amen. So when you fill yourself up, then you can speak with power. Amen. How did Jesus handle the thoughts? How did Jesus handle the, decep- the deceiving words of the enemy? In verse 4, Jesus answered him, saying, It is written. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So we know, and then we go on verse 5, and it talks about, you know, the devil was telling him, uh, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and the devil said to him, all this authority I give to you. I guess the devil left out something there. Like Jesus already had the authority. Do you think he leaves that out? Like you've already been delivered? You're no longer a victim? No matter what anybody has done to you, no matter what has gone, no matter if it was five minutes ago or 20 years ago, you're not a victim any longer. We don't handle things in the flesh. We speak the word of God. With the power backing it, the Holy Ghost. And that's our authority. In verse 8, Jesus answered, said to him, get behind me, Satan. You think he said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Get behind me, Satan. And he said it with power. For it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God in him. Only him you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. There you go. The enemy tried to tell you that you're somebody else you're not. You, so he, got, he wanted to get Jesus questioning who he was. Have you ever had a voice come to you that's very fair? Well, you're not really cut out for that. I know pastors said that you, you know, you'd be good for this department, but that's not really your thing. Called into the ministry? Are you kidding me? You can't preach. You can't teach. You see, the devil, he comes to bring fear of failure. To try to convince us that we're something else than what God's word says. All because of past events in our life. See, he'll use whatever he can. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in, in their hands. They shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. In verse 12, and Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 13, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he left him forever. And never came back because he used his authority. He departed from him until an opportune time, until an opportune season. Yeah. And then it says in verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, even after this war of words that the enemy brought to him, Jesus returned. In other words, he didn't lose the power. How many of us leak? Because that spirit of fear comes and he's talking and he's yapping and it's oh 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 yeah I know I know I remember all that I yeah yeah I can't be called into the ministry I can't even preach I I stutter you know yeah Moses stuttered and yet God used him in such a wonderful way. The enemy will try to tell you and he will bring past events that he wants to use to take you out. And as long as you're turned around looking at the things that he's using to solicit your attention, you'll never be able to get over that anxiety. Never. Because when we take the bait, the feelings trigger our autonomic system, and there it goes. It's not all spiritual but it does happen in the spiritual realm, and then it affects our natural body. And, it, it, and then it's just a, a train wreck going to happen from there. If we don't learn to deal with things in the Spirit, by the Spirit and the Word, then the enemy will deceive us, and, and, and he will take us into, in a downward spiral, and we'll have the feelings... To, it, the feelings will validate. No, you don't understand. I really am a victim. You don't understand. Yeah. 
You don't understand. I really, you don't understand what happened to me 20 years ago. You don't understand. I'm validated. See me? See? I understand it happened, but I understand that Jesus on the cross took all, all of your destruction, all of your pain, all of your oppression, all of the things that the enemy used against you, he took it. Anybody that's been through horrific things, the thing to say to them is not get over it. That actually can cause them to go backwards. The thing to say to them is, this is, it's terrible what happened to you. And frankly, many times I even start tearing up. I'm like, I'm sorry that happened to you. That is not right. But let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me, let me tell you what he did. He took your oppression on, on the cross. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. And yes, the enemy will come and he will try to trip you up. And, and if he can get you to take the bait and look back to yesteryear, whether that was 30 seconds ago or whether that was 20 years ago, if he gets you to take the bait, then he gets you into a downward spiral and you will live by feelings for the rest of your life. And it will affect, it will break down your physical body because God did not build your body to handle that overload of hormones. I'm telling you, that's what it is. When we think about something and it triggers and anxiety comes and we live in a perpetual state of anxiety, it is breaking down our physical bodies. And we're working against what he did on the cross for us by talking about it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about things and deal with them, but we are eventually going to have to get over it. In Colossians, let's go there. Lay it down. Because that's the process. So, so what do we do well, the enemy comes, that spirit of fear comes, and we say, no, in Jesus' name, get out of here. I've been freed from that. That's right. I'm free. Amen. What if you have not come to the throne of grace and received your freedom? What do you do? You've got to lay down the fear. You've got to lay down the doubt and unbelief. You've even got, you've got to lay down the event. It's like, Lord... This happened to me, and I give it to you. And I forgive the person that did. What, whatever is tripping you up, lay it down. Because that's a process. You cannot pick up his word until you lay down. In other words, you can meditate on the word, and it's the word that brings you to the understanding that you've got to lay that down. You understand. That's the process. You meditate on the word, you attend to the word, and then you get an understanding. Oh, I'm letting this, I, I, I'm letting my thoughts go away. I'm thinking about all this stuff. That's why anxiety is taking place. You know, or I'm not using my faith. The doctors say that I don't have this, I don't have a certain amount of serotonin, so I got to take this medication for the rest of my life, or they say I'm going to have to do this. Oh, I'm not using my faith. See, you're going to have to lay down that sickness. You're going to have to lay down the fear. Lay down anything that's contrary to God's word. They tell you you don't have serotonin. Okay, I heard that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. They tell you you're a victim. I heard that I'm a victor. So you've got to lay down victim. Yeah, because that's what people are gendering today. They're telling people that they've been victims. And until we lay victim down, until we lay what other people have done to us down, I'm not saying people shouldn't fess up and say what they've done wrong, but I tell you what, I'm going I'm to get ahead of them. In other words, that's going to bother you, but not me because I'm forgiven. In other words, I'm not thinking about what you did to me because I've forgiven you. 
If you harbor it, that's your problem. I'm not harboring it. I'm not living with it. I don't need to take out my anger on anybody because I'm free. Free from it. And I'm moving on. I got things to do in this life. And it's not fight police and everybody else. I got things to do. And, and I need to pray that our judicial system is working properly. I need to pray that uh, for the police force, you know, that they get the bad apples. I need to, to pray for, for our politicians, yeah. that the right ones. I mean, there's so much corruption going on right now, it's not even funny. I, you know, we just pray for these things. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay steps ahead of them. I am forgiven. I am free. I am not... I am not harboring this stuff, unforgiveness toward people. Because when I meet Jesus Christ, when I go home to heaven and he asks me, did you do what I told you to do? Did you fulfill my plan? It wasn't, did you fight everybody because they did you wrong? Fulfilling his plan is taking the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the world. And the gospel does not retaliate. Now we have to use wisdom and protect ourselves and that's why we have jails and all this type of stuff. You understand? You know, because there are crazy people out there. But the gospel does not propagate offense. The gospel does not propagate these things. All that stuff, why do I say that? Because it genders anxiety. Why? Because we're thinking about what happened to me, or we're thinking about, and, and some of these things are very valid, yeah. what happened. Yeah. But if we don't let it go, then we are going to live in a perpetual state of anxiety. Yeah. And the enemy is going to eat our lunch. You know, there are people that they're fighting. Uh, now, I'm not against guns. I'm a Second Amendment person, person, you understand. But I'm not, you know, for everybody using a gun to shoot everybody up right. either. And um, there are people that will use their gun and they're in a perpetual state of war. Yeah. You yeah. think they got a little anxiety going uh, on? Come on. I think. Yeah. In other words, that are hi- they're at a heightened state yeah. all the time. All the time. Ready to let the trigger go. Come on. Why? Because they're thinking about now, we have, we have uh, uh, situations where some individuals have had to fight, and that's how we've won back the victory in the United States and countries of the world. So you understand that. Yeah. You can stay in peace and be in the right. That's right. I said, you can stay in peace yes. and be in the right. But if it's gendered by, you know, by what people have done to me and this and that, and just perpetual state of anxiety... Yeah then you're never going to be able to fulfill God's plan. You're always going to be fulfilling the devil's agenda. And I, for one, don't want to fulfill the devil's agenda. You know, if I had to go into the armed services, I'm still not going to fulfill the devil's agenda. I'm going to be honoring. I'm going to do what I'm told as long as it's in line with God's word. Otherwise, I'm going to say no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a heavy, heavy revy, right? Somebody asked me to do something that's against the word of God, I won't do it. Right. Amen. I don't care. They can put me in jail. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Come on. I got favor. Amen. But, you know, the thing is, you don't have to do anything, but if somebody tries to force you and you take a victim mentality because of it and that anxiety and, God, why does this happen to me? We just do what we know God's word says to do. We just get built up in his word. We develop our spirit. We renew our minds with the word of God. And then if a boss treats us unfairly or somebody treats us unfairly, we just pray for them. Or if we have to, well, quit. Turn in your notice. If they're asking you to lie, if they're asking you to cheat. Does that make sense? Why am I going there? Because people are saying, you know, I had to do this because they told me I had to do this. No, you don't have to do anything. But his peace will take you through if you stay right. His peace. And there are people that have been thrown in jail. There are Christians who have been thrown in jail. And they're the happiest people in the jail. Remember Joseph? 
And he, he led the jail cell, right? Hey, I don't want that. I really don't want to go to jail, okay? But if I did it, standing for Christ, and that doesn't mean, in other words, if somebody is trying to force me to violate God's word, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, I did it because I'm defending my right because I'm a victim. All right? All right. I, I don't know why I said all that, but it was for somebody. Put to death your members, in verse 5, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, because these things, the wrath of God, is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 8. Now we're in Colossians 3. Put to death your members. So you got to cast down the things, cast down the sins, cast down the distractions, cast down the things of your past and whatever you have yielded to that is contrary to God's word. you got to cast it down. That's the process. Cast it down. Verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger, you got to cast it down. Wrath, malice. See, this is how you're using your faith to take care of it. Verse 10, and put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of God. So we've used this as an illustration. You can, have, you can uh, go to a store and buy a new suit. Do you put that suit on over your, new clo- over your old clothes? Well, this is a great suit, but it doesn't really fit, you know, over this. No, you got to take off the old clothes, and then you put on the new. So this is the faith process. Now let's go back up there. I'm going backwards, but that's all right. Uh, to verse 1, chapter 3, Colossians, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on these things, not on the things of the earth. In other words, it means change your mindsets. That's what that means. In order to change your mindsets, we've talked about this. That means renewing your mind means renovating your mind. If we came in here and we said that we need to renovate uh, this building, therefore we're taking the carpet out. Because, you know, you don't renovate a building, you don't do anything to it. When you renovate, you change something out. You change the old and you put something else in place of it. So uh, you're renovating the carpet, for instance. So I come in here tomorrow and the carpet still looks the same. I say, well, this is a nice renovation project. No. I ask, why didn't you take the carpet out? Well, we were thinking that we wanted to do that, but we never did. We were waiting for it to happen. No, you've got to do something. So in renewing or renovating your mind, you've got to use your faith. When I come in here, you know, okay, I guess I've got to do it myself. So I start ripping out carpet, and you know, and <laughs> oh, give me the new. I put down the new carpet. Well, that'd be a sad shape. But anyway, <laughs> I renovated the carpet, okay? That's what you got to do, renovate your mind. Nobody can renovate your mind. You cannot hire a construction company to do it. You cannot hire your friend to do it. You have to renovate your mind. So when the enemy comes, that spirit of fear, and he says to you, hey, remember this? This happened to you? At that point in time, you've got to decide, okay, that memory, remember the little girl? That memory, I lay it down, Father. I cast it off. And I forgive. And anything that I did in the process, I just let it go. Let it go. Many times people condemn themselves. It wasn't the girl's fault, you understand. But whatever, just lay it down. Anything that's condemning you, just lay it down. What, you, what are you doing? You're, re, you're, you're renovating your mind. You're renewing your mind. You're using your faith. Okay, so that's the process. You had to lay it down. Then what do you do? Put on the new man by speaking the word of God. In Jesus' name, shut up, devil. I've laid that thing down. I've laid it down. So you can just talk all you want, but I am not listening to it. Get out of here. Amen. Go over there and talk. That's right. 
Come on. Oh, he'll keep coming back yes, at more opportune right. times. Yeah. See, but you laid it down by faith, and maybe it's sin. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's, uh, some, uh, maybe it's just doubt and unbelief of you haven't taken hold of your, your healing for the last several years, and there's things that need to change in your body. Right. Lay it down. Yeah. And the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, comes and says, Hey, you're never going to get healed. So you go to the Word of God and you start meditating on the Word of God. And it says, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I laid down that sickness. And I take hold of healing and health. Now, you can come to the Father in Jesus' name and ask. But, you know, like we've talked about, if somebody already gave you something, just take it. He's already given you healing. He's already given you health. So just take it. Just tell your friend, take it. Take it. So lay it down. And then what do you do? Devil, in Jesus' name, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. That's right. Amen. And you take him, you know, ask him if he can read. And you take him to Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for mine iniquities. By the chastisement, he took the chastisement of my peace. And by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. And you take him through the cross there, Matthew 8, 17. And then you take him to uh, 1 Peter 2, 24. We were healed. I am healed. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickens my mortal bodies. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who, who walk by the spirit of God. And you, you just share scriptures. You speak scriptures because you're using the same example that Jesus did. And that is renovating. That is putting on the new man. That is changing out the carpet of your mind. You want to deal with that anxiety? No, I mean you want to deal with it. You want to get rid of it. You got to let the past go. You may have to acknowledge, hey, this actually happened to me. But you got to let it, and you might just have to acknowledge it to the Lord. I mean, maybe you don't want to talk to somebody else about it, but I'm just saying acknowledge it and then lay it down and then move on by putting on God's word and speaking God's word. And my friend, those symptoms will come. Those feelings will come. That anxiety will come because you're still dealing with that process of, you know, those those thoughts being triggered and you got to, Catch yourself by the nap and say, hey. Now, that's, it's not sin to deal with that. that. That's a pattern. The sin would be if you're not using God's word to combat it. You understand? Yeah. See, he expects us to use his word. And if we, if we don't, we are going to stay in a perpetual state of anxiety, sickness, disease, lack, poverty. Oppression, and my heart is to hear what people have went through simply so that I can show them the love of God and let them know we care about you. But eventually, we got to teach them, cast your cares over on the Lord. Leave them there. People at your workplace, I'm sure, have a lot to say about what's going on in our country right now. That's why we have to get built up in these things because we need to know how to answer these things. And we're not fighting people, but we can share with them and they'll come to us and say, how can you live in peace and joy? And sometimes they'll get mad at us. And some Christians have even been killed because of their testimony. Well, that's what the devil wants. But you know what? We can be a witness. We can turn things around through our testimony, through our prayers. And really, I believe that we can be ahead of any danger by the witness of the Spirit of God. Remember Jesus, he would sneak out of the crowd and leave places because he's he's wise. God tells you to leave someplace, get out of there. I mean, we have a testimony here that that somebody's house uh, was... uh, they had just sold it. God dealt with them to sell it. 
and they didn't know why. But Lord, you know, it was a rental property. And, and uh, through the flooding situation, I think it got flooded. I think it, but anyway, they had sold it. They had just sold it. By the witness of the Spirit. You see, God will protect you. So it's the same thing. Don't put yourself in places that will put you in harm's way. Make sure that you're led by the Spirit. You know, Pastor Jay told me before he left, I would never go to another country unless it was by the witness of the Spirit. What we believe is I wouldn't even walk down the street. I mean, seriously, we've got so much going on in our country, and you can't live in fear, but just be led. You see, I still travel by myself. I'm not, you understand? But any time I feel that I shouldn't go someplace or I shouldn't do something, I am led by that. So, well, praise the Lord. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-366. 2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.